Excellent. So, welcome to Humans vs. AI, the movie. Whee! And uh, today I have a very special guest, Sam Joseph. Hello, Sam. Hello. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You, you are a comedian and you're going to be performing at the, the Comedy Cat this evening. But another mm-hmm. thing that's really interesting for me to have you on is that you are very much within the computer space. Yeah, and in fact, that's you know how I earn my money. I mean, we all know how well comedy uh, pays. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I've um, been involved in like program computers and machine learning for a very long time, and uh, yeah, PhD in machine learning before it was cool and funky. And um, I have to say, my mind is being blown by the last five years of explosion in AI tech, particularly the recent GPT-4. Are you agreeing that, that we should pause on six months, or is this just Elon Musk having buyer's remorse at Twitter and wanting to stop? open AI uh, now that they're trying to make money from the thing he invested in? I, I think it's maybe too late. I, I, I think, you know, we, we are definitely in extraordinarily dangerous times and it could go either way. But I think that, um, you know, I've been discussing all, all my uh, fellows discussing this six month pause thing. It seems, you know, almost impossible to enforce. I, I think you know, what we need to do is try and work out how to adapt to the way that the world is changing around us. I think what we need is a better language model than Twitter. As, <laughs> the, as the basis for the future of humanity, online trolls and sniping is not necessarily the best uh, language model to draw from. Not necessarily, no. I mean, I, th- I think that's, I mean, the, the, you've got this double-edged sword of open AI, you know, was open, they're now not. We're now not clear exactly what data it's been trained on. We're not clear exactly how it's been trained the technology is extraordinarily powerful. So, like earlier today, I was asking GPT-4 about a um, technical problem, uh, programming one that I had failed to understand. It understood it, and it took me through blow by blow how to understand it. It, it operated as far as I can tell, flawlessly in terms of helping me boost my understanding. And, and that would be remarkable if it was able, if it had been designed specifically for, you know, helping, for example, with computer science problems. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's like doing it across the board for like medical, legal, absolutely everything. I mean, for this kind of technology to be in the hands of everybody all around the world, I mean, you can sort of see why OpenAI would want to... Yeah. Sh- shut it down. But it, it is an extraordinary breakthrough that I just never thought I was going to see in my lifetime. And here I am reducing it to a comedy podcast. Well, you know, I mean, a man after my own heart, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on this uh, new startup idea called Punchline Partners, which is all about um, using GPT-4. Uh, I mean, I've got early access to the, the, the um, API, and it is actually remarkably good for a computer at... Uh, generating jokes at helping you sort of brainstorm off jokes uh, and so on. So I'm I'm planning exactly the same thing. Let's laugh all the way to the apocalypse. I think the most useful thing for creators who chat GPT is that you no longer have to face the horror of the blank page. Because either it's got an idea that you like and you can embellish, or you can go, God, that's terrible, I can do a lot better than that. But it gives you a starting point and a sounding board and a researcher there for you right away to check on things. It, it, it absolutely does. I mean, I, I guess there's a, you know, the devil's advocate position for that is that perhaps the tyranny of the blank page, there is some value in that. If we're always reaching to something like GPT-4 to kind of kickstart our imagination, are we perhaps not developing the muscle, which is actually the bleeding brow getting us the... I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, I've been using it on and off with, you know, helping with my uh, jokes, you know, for the last couple of weeks. I've been pair programming it for the last couple of weeks. It is an extraordinary piece of technology. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to give it a challenge. And the idea to give it a challenge is that we're going to give it five prompts. Uh, mm-hmm. So these are the prompts that I'm giving ChatGPT and giving you these prompts as well. Right. Uh, so the first one, uh, actually, I'll ask you a question with mm. films and sort of stuff like that. Yeah. Is there a particular type of film that you love, a particular type of film that you hate, that you hope you will or won't get prompts for? Well, I mean, I am a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. Um I'm also, you know, big fan of uh, the Lord of the Rings films. The, I mean, it's sort of action sci-fi adventure. I'm rewatching Avatar with my with my children at the moment. It's um, I do, I just love extraordinary and different worlds being explored in films. I think from the prompts here, extraordinary and different may be baked into the package. <laughs> if it's challenging for you, it's also challenging for the AI. Right, right. So the film genre, yes, is an animated animal film. Animated animal films. So okay. you, all the way from, you know, The Secret of Nim to Rango to, ooh, you know, ooh. lots of uh, Bugs Life. So the idea is it's not necessarily going to, to limit you. Sure. But, um, you know, it could be stop motion. It can be whatever you want. Yes. But it's um, 
An animated animal. An animated animal film is what we're going for here. Yeah, okay. I mean, you can have Jan Svankmer. It doesn't. It could be a horror. You know, no, that sure, you've had. Sure. Uh, as long as there are animals that are animated in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm on. I'm on target. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the location is a factory in the Industrial Revolution. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I had been thinking I was going to put them somewhere in a, in, a, in, a, in a gas giant around Alpha Centauri, but okay, fair enough. Okay. The action sequence may be more in line with that. The action sequence is a hoverboard battle. Okay, right. That's, uh, uh, yeah, all right, out of left field. Um, and the profession is a cafe owner. A cafe owner, okay. And finally, the noun, the random object that has to have some key importance to this plot, is a crystal skull. Is a crystal skull, okay. All the way from Indiana Jones to Dan Aykroyd's vodka. I mean, whatever you feel. Oh, yes, what we can do with the, the... So I'll just run through those there. So we've, we've got... It's an animated animal film, and it's set in a factory during the Industrial Revolution. It has to feature... Feature. A factory set in the Industrial Revolution. Right. With all of these things, these are prompts that need to be ticked off. Rather than right. be the whole thing. So think of... Was it... Um, Avi Arad, who had the idea that he really wanted a giant mechanical spider in a movie. And when they were doing Superman Lives, he got Kevin Smith to make Brainiac's final form, a giant mechanical spider. Right, right, And then it turns up later in Wild Wild West. Yes, yes, So imagine these as sort of like producers saying, my kid loves, you know, those animated animal movies, you know. What's not getting enough play? The Industrial Revolution. Revolution. Yes, Um, indeed. But, you know, like... I, he was really liking the original Transformers movie, and they've got that, that hoverboard chase at the moment, like something more <laughs> like that. Uh, I think maybe we could do in some cross-promotional work, maybe with Starbucks, which doesn't seem to make sense in industrial setting, but let's just make it a cafe owner, right? Cafe owner, right. Uh, and then, you know, Crystal Skull, because, you know... I think they had a really, really good idea with that Indiana Jones movie, but, like, they just didn't run with it hard enough. Indeed, indeed. So, um... They have to feature. Yes. They don't have to feature predominantly if you don't want. No, indeed. Okay, yeah, but I, I think I've got these. I've got these all down, and my brain, uh, at least consciously and perhaps subconsciously, is doing some different bits and things with them. So, yeah. Okay. Um, well, then let's start up for the first section, which is the setup. Setup. Right. So, what do you want yes. the the normal world uh, of this story to be? Well, I think what we should have is uh, a young man. Uh, working at an Industrial Revolution era loom. Okay. Um, and so he's there, you know, sliding the shuttle backwards and forwards and, uh, you know, to make uh, cloth in the loom. It's a big, clunking industrial. You do a pan out and you see lots of people side by side. It's an impersonal, this one guy in this set of looms, you know, and dust is being thrown up from the, the looms and he's sort of coughing and focusing and trying to keep the, the, the my, loom My running. producer mind is going, I love it. You know, one did Angelina Jolie, James McAvoy, <laughs> the thing I loved in that was the loom. Mm. I want to see more of that loom. I like where you're going with this. Okay. Absolutely. So he's a weaver. He, he's a, an overseer. He's, no, no. A, he's a cafe owner. So, at the- well, I, I, think, <laughs> I, I, th- I think what I was going for there is that he, he's there. He's not the overseer. He's one of the workers, but he, he aspires to own a cafe. Okay. He, he aspires to own a cafe. He, he's just sort of, I mean, cafes haven't really emerged as a concept, but he's got this idea of creating a, a space, you know, on the sidewalk where, um, you know, you can put some tables, people can relax, they can be brought, you know, wine, they can chill out and they can get away from the huge dust being thrown off these industrial looms that he's forced to work out every so day. So you've got the industrial evolution, you've also got the enlightenment. He's seeing a lot of the industry, wants to bring some enlightenment to these, these situations. So... Um, one of the things that you'd only have in the beginning is the fatal flaw of a character. Yes. He's stuck in this position. Why is he stuck? Why does he feel that he can't escape? What's wrong with him where he's being forced to not live his dream? Well, I, I think that the, the key thing here is that he's poor, he doesn't have money, and, and he has these... He's not taken seriously because he has these kind of delusions. You know, he, he's sort of... He talks to people endlessly about his cafe concept, and they're like, "What? What? Why? What? What? what where would people do? Why would they sit around? Look, there's work to be done." So he's a dreamer. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's, a- he's got all of these crazy outlandish theories that women are people too, <sighs> and it doesn't necessarily matter the color of your skin is. It's the, the you know your character. And they're going, "What are you crazy?" He's he's a, he's a man before his time, he's right? A, and, the, and I think that the, the also the loom dust is getting to him, and he's starting to see little animated weevils. 
uh, leap around on the loom and start so to talk to him. He's got loom dust visions that are starting to appear to him. Okay, I think that's uh, good enough for our setup. Do you want to hear what the AI had? Oh, sure. We meet our protagonist, a mouse named Milo who owns a small cafe in a factory town during the Industrial Revolution. He dreams of escaping the harsh and polluted life and finding a better place for himself and his friends. He is fascinated by the stories of his grandfather, who was an explorer and adventurer. One day, he receives a mysterious package from his grandfather's estate, a crystal skull with strange markings. Interesting. Okay. So in the setup, the chat GPT has thought, I've been given the assignment where I need to cover all of these things. Right, right. We have the animated mouse. We have mm-hmm. the industrial revolution. We have the cafe. We have the crystal skull. All that they've got really now to do is a hoverboard sequence and they've ticked all of their boxes. Yeah, good. So, I mean, so, and I've been assuming that I can, that there's not a requirement that we do all five of those things in the first thing. It's that we just need to hit them eventually, right? No, but I mean, it's in a way, it's interesting to see what the AI does because it's been given a task. It's very eager to please. So it's getting them all out of the way as Well, soon particularly as that it's gone, well, and that it hasn't gone to the complete extreme of doing all five. Mm. It's done, it's done four of them. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, it's, a, it's an, I mean, I, I would, of course, like to argue that, uh, you know, there's something something more exciting about what I'm developing there. But it is absolutely extraordinary that it can do as well as it does. Yes. OK, so now we're moving on to the next section, which is the complication. Complication. Um, do we have a name for our character? Um, let us call him Antoine. OK. He is a man out of time. Yeah. Are, are we going to contrast that? So he's like Antoine Briggs. Or... Uh, well, I was just going for Antoine and his, his only name. Um, I think they, they refer to him as Antoine the Loon. You know, he's right. uh, no, no one remembers his surname, but he's ridiculed by the other people working in the factory. Or does he everyone say Anthony and it's like, it's Antoine. There you go. That sounds good. I like that. Yes. It's like, no, I'm not. It's Antoine. You've yeah. got to dream. You've got to imagine being in the cafe. Yes, there we are. Okay. So we have Antoine and does he have a, a normal, he is poor. He probably can't afford a, a name. Does he, is it like the Hyacinth Bouquet thing where he sort of has a, it's sort of like it's Briggs, but it's pronounced Brigizze. I, I think if you want, at the, the moment my my mind is going, and I'm just sort of like st- stuck on the animated weevils dance. I'm sort of seeing them before my eyes. So then, <laughs> then let's move on to the next section, which is the complication. Indeed, we indeed. have our normal way of life for Antoine. Yes, and now something happens that upsets his normal world. Indeed, indeed. Yes, and I think it's that the you know the, the the weevils are starting to talk to him about how there is a. You know, there's a different possibilities that, you know, that he's not applying his mind, that there is, you know, that these these looms could be different somehow. So you usually sort of, you know, you can have the refusal of the call at this bit. Let's, yes. let's just unpack. Yes. That he's starting to have these sorts of visions, but then, like, what's the rules of this world? Are we Are we in the twilight where we're not sure if it's his craziness or whether... They're real. Yeah. Is it is it Ratatouille where we know that the rat is real? Or I think I think it's the former in that we've started with the character of Antoine, and you know he 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 seems real. And but you know there we get this. We're building up the sense of him working late nights, sort of being a dreamer. You know, coughing on the on the loom dust, and the weevils are there initially. But then the you know the sort of complication is that they turn around and start talking to him, and he's sort of questioning. He's like, what what what's you know? He doesn't believe it. He's a dreamer, but he doesn't think that weevils can talk right so it's sort of like he's weird enough already you know, that he's trying to chew away the visions they have some things that they're trying to tell him weevils pop up everywhere y- yeah in- in- indeed and he just thinks oh, i must be working too hard i've not got enough sleep that you know these things are getting but the, the strange thing is that the weevils are persistent and they seem to be making some sort of sense have you, did you see a movie in the 90s the first mtv film called joe's apartment I don't know that I did. Well, okay, that's fine. It's very much the same plot, but with cockroaches rather than weevils. Okay, there you go. And, and New York City rather than the Industrial Revolution. So yeah. if we're going too far into that, if you have a, a big Bubsy Berkeley number where they all flush themselves down the toilet, then I'll sort of say you're accidentally veering into to 90s MTV comedy. But Right, so. right. Interesting stuff. I mean, everything is derivative. No, I was particularly thinking that the, the, the weevils have got, you know, um, you know they've got little um, glasses and they look quite intelligent and they're talking about this theory of programming that could be done, that the, the looms could be programmed, and right. that the operators could be freed from their drudgery, is what I was uh, Do we Do we have a hero weevil? Are they all like minions at the moment? Is there a distinction one? Do we have a Papa Smurf? 
I, I was thinking that we'd have one with a monocle, you know, who's a bit of a, a bit of a dandy, a bit of a fop, you know. I think we've got an, we've got an earnest, earnest one who's, um, you know, there's a there's a little group of these different different weevils of sort of different. You've got the different the class system is in there, so you've got like sort of a higher class weevil who's saying, oh, I don't know, we should be here on the looms, and you've got sort of the, you know, come on, mate, you know, you've got your working class weevil saying. Haven't you seen how the, all the patterns in the way the looms are operating? If you could just, you know, program them, you could get, like, the different patterns and you could press a button and no one would have to be shuttling things backwards and forwards. So uh, do they have, like, a naming convention? Like with the Smurfs, it was, they, they were named after their personalities, so... <laughs> um, actually, maybe more interesting to make the, the person who's making the suggestion about the programming language to be a fever, to be um, uh, Ada Love Weevil. right. So we're not we're not bringing in Ada Lovelace and Babbage and the the difference engine at this point. We're we're having a Weevil equivalent there. I think so. I think that's the way to go. Are we sure that nobody else can see them, or that nobody else appears to be around when they appear to him? I think that they're talking to him while he's working on the lead. He looks around. Other people are ignoring it. It, it seems like it's going on just in his head from his perspective. Okay. So here's the complication for the AI. Milo decides to investigate the origin and meaning of the crystal skull hoping it will lead him to a hidden treasure or lost civilization. He enlists the help of his best friend, a rabbit named Ruby, who is a mechanic and inventor. She builds him a hoverboard using parts from the factory. They sneak out of the town at night and follow the clues on the skull, which point them to a secret tunnel under the factory. Uh. Or, or it's it's everything everything is being ticked off mm. um, I don't necessarily know how a crystal skull leads you to a lost civilization but hey it does sometimes mice named Milo just know these things In, indeed so it's just sort of happening yeah I mean for, for me I, I mean again it, it, it shows a, a remarkable creativity uh, although somewhat random on the part of the GPT I mean for me I, I think as you were saying before with um, you know uh, Indiana Jones and the crystal skull I mean the exciting thing there was this idea of um, multidimensional beings which wasn't really explored no. uh, very well i mean i think uh what i'm going for what i want is the the weevils to kick off an early industrial revolution with an uh loom-based ai that manages to discover how to switch uh, uh switch dimensions okay this is this is all very well and good because now we are coming to the higher state higher stakes what happens to him at this point where he's moving from ignoring the weevils yes. to feeling absolutely he must progress with their ideas. Yeah, so he's starting to, starting to follow the ideas of the weevils in terms of uh, mechanisation of the looms. Um, you know, he's been resisting it, but they're, you know, he's discovering when he tries out their ideas, it actually, you know, reduces his workload. You know, he's able to sort of sit back um, you know, he's promoted to, you know, uh, the supervisor. Um, he's encouraged to bring in, you know, uh, this mechanization throughout the, the factory. Uh, actually, then it it's kind of gets complicated because suddenly they don't need as many workers. And so the workers are laid off and he's having to, you know, uh, deal with the fact that um, some of his uh, fellow folks are now, they're like, what? And they're starting to try and smash these machines. And the weevils are, uh, are saying, but no, but no, there's more, there's more. And at home, he's built... Um, sort of a, a loom-based AI computer that starts to s- explain to him that there is uh, that there's more, that there's, broad, there's broader, that there are multiple dimensions, and you know that all he needs to do if he wants to achieve his dream of becoming the cafe owner is build a larger loom that will allow him to jump off into different points into the the the, the universe. So you, you, multiverse. Sorry. Go on. Usually within this sort of stage, when it's higher stakes, we also um, come up against the antagonist, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. or an antagonistic force. Yeah. Yes. So, are we sort of saying that the weevils have initially put him on this thing? That the weevils yes. are in the factory and they don't go home. He has gone off to do his own project at home. This is separate. This is an antagonistic force. This is talking about multiverse theory. Well, I, I would say more that the weevils are now. He's now in sort of a team with the weevils. He needs the weevils for the ideas, so that right. they're, they're working together. The antagonist, in some ways, is the um, are the, the the fellows who he was working with, who are now anti-technology. They're kind of like trying to destroy the looms, and he's trying to build a bigger loom in order to to ultimately achieve his dream of jumping to a different part of the multiverse to be a cafe owner. Why is he doing it? Is it because if he doesn't, that there's going to be a rival factory that's going to force them out? Is it going to be that he's realised that with this promotion he can make the money and have his own Age of Enlightenment cafe? Is there a love interest that that comes in that he is trying to impress? What takes him from the point of the complication to the higher stakes? 
all of those that sound like nice ideas. To, to, to me, it's the kind of, it's the antipathy of his fellows that seemed to be the, the driving thing. Like, like it seemed to be going so well. You right. know, the, the, the Weevil's ideas, he was collaborating with the Weevil's, you know, he was getting promoted. It was, he was moving towards the better life. But the, these uh, fellows who he thought might have been his friends are kind of like now, they're trying to stop his machines. They're trying to stop, you know. So you've almost got a Luddite movement exactly. that has come up. Yes. And so we have our, our Luddites as the, the, the anti force. Uh, 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 uh. So the person that sort of said Anthony earlier on. Yeah, yeah. They, they see it. No, it's Antoine. It's Antoine. It's Antoine. You've got, to, you've got to understand my dreams. Like, no, you're taking our jobs. So um, yeah. should we flesh him out a little bit? The ringleader, let's let's call him um, call him Steve. You know, uh, because Eddie Izzard loves a, loves a Steve, and and Steve is like, you know, Steve Hardend, St- Steve Hardend, and it's kind of like, no, Steve Hardend is forming a union to say, no, we cannot have more unlicensed automation taking away our jobs. He's invested, but now we have Steve Hardhand, the luddite in the industrial revolution. Indeed. Okay. So, uh, do you want to hear what the higher stakes were for the AI? Sure. Yeah. Milo and Ruby discover that the tunnel leads to an underground city where a society of animals lives in harmony and prosperity. They are amazed by the advanced technology and culture of the city, which is powered by a giant crystal in the center. They are welcomed by the leader of the city, a lion named Leo, who reveals that he is Milo's long-lost uncle. He explains that the crystal skull is a key to activate the crystal's full potential, which can create anything one desires. He invites Milo and Ruby to stay in the city and join his family. A world where a mouse can be the nephew to a lion. We're just brushing past that. The animated movies, anything happens. It could be by marriage. With you know, it's a Richard, it's a Richard Scarry environment where the, you know there's all sorts of animals related to it, each it other. It does mean that there there has been you know some kind of mouse lion union in the past for for the nephew thing to happen. That's a <laughs> potentially a more interesting story than the AI is telling here. Even but maybe we'll find out about that later. Strangely enough, obviously through different things, we are still coming to new technologies. Yes, indeed. And uh, the, you know, almost the creation of things out of nothing with your um, multiversal difference engine and uh, and these kinds of things. So Yeah, absolutely. For someone that's steeped in AI, against the AI, there are some crossovers. Yes. And I'm just going to ask, have you taken the Voigtkamp test? Are you yourself uh, aware that you're, you're a human? You, you're, you're, you're happy with this? Uh, well, I, I, I wouldn't be to judge. I mean, I, I, as I've been saying to people recently, you know, I may well be long dead and this is just a simulation of me. You know, the singularity may have happened multiple times on multiple levels. Who's to know? And yet still you're being here and you're very nice. So that's hope for the future. <laughs> If it's a simulation, well, yeah. you know... There's no they, reason not to be polite. They, they, they are representations <laughs> of polite and friendly, which is very good. So we will now move on to our next section, which is the Dark Knight of the Soul. The Dark Knight of the Soul. The stakes are getting higher, some antagonistic force, everything is now starting to go wrong. Yeah, so I mean, for, so for Antoine, you know, he's getting, you know, really, really excited about what this now multidimensional AI that he's created out of a loom in his house with the, you know, the, the weevils of the team there, there's like this sort of team dynamic go, going on. Um, and he can see now, start to see visions of himself in different universes in the multiverse, you know, one as a cafe owner, you know, one uh, do, you know, playing the, the bassoon as he loved to do when he was a child. And he's, he's so excited about this. But, the, you know, the mob has come uh, outside his house, the Luddites are saying, "No, no more machines! You're destroying our jobs." And uh, Do it, let's 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 not get gloss past the multiversal thing. In, is one of the, are the weevils now setting up like an Apple or a Google campus around the machines? Like, what are some of the other versions that we see of them? Because that's always oh, fun uh, in multiversal stories of, of the of the weevils, right? And so, like in right, so in the um, in different multiverses. You know, uh, there are repeat versions of Antoine. Somewhere he's of a different gender. Somewhere he's of a different race. The weevils themselves in different universes are sometimes different species. You know, in one so in one thing there is uh, Antoinette, and uh, she's um, you know from Chad. And you know, there's a group of uh, porpoises who are helping her with her you know multidimensional right. uh, crossing so, element. So everything is different. One could be steampunk. One could be crystal-based technology. Others can be intelligent piles of sand that communicate through tide pools. Absolutely, absolutely. And and as we pan out, I mean, you know, I want lots of uh, tracking shots of like you can see the different universes and you can see that they form into kind of a crystal skull shape. That the you know that there's a sort of the, the, the strange pattern of this throth of different universes in the multiverse 
forms into a giant crystal skull, which so it's is somehow like, ominous. Like a, like a fractal of those sorts of things, but it sort of curves back round itself from another three-dimensional perspective and appears to be a, a crystalline skull. Absolutely. Okay, so here it seems to be ominous, but this is where everything seems to go wrong. We have this ominous presence in the multiverse yes. at the same time that we have the, the Luddites. Indeed, like with, with pitchforks and, uh, and you know... Uh, torches burning fire things he said with his vocabulary model crashing out of the back of his head uh, you know outside saying no no and Anton's no no I'm just on the weevils help me I'm just on the cusp of getting there with the machine and so uh, you know we have a sort of process where you know the the looms are spinning up and it's like all just about to work but just at that point you know the the Luddites are starting to shake the foundations of the building and knock things and it's oh no it's work. and uh, but so Antoine you know in a desperate attempt to get towards his uh, vision of the cafe ownership somewhere in the multiverse jumps in and the at the same time, the Luddites burst into the room and no, we must destroy the machine. And Steve Hardhead's like, you will know, and dives after him. And so now we have uh, Antoine and Steve falling through a series of different multiverses, uh, changing into being made out of Play-Doh, uh, being made out of Lego, yeah. uh, being made out of water, uh, dun, 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 and, um, you know, landing on a, a, a hoverboards and starting to chase each other. And so Steve is like, oh, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you, as he chases after Antoine. Sure, so we have a multi-dimensional hoverboard now. I don't know if this is something that you're potentially saving. This is an idea. Feel free to ignore it. <laughs> because this is all is lost. And to ramp up the idea of the, the thing, why doesn't Steve Hardhand yeah. become the avatar, avatar of the Crystal Skull? Hard right. hands, crystal skull. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's good. I mean I think what we what we what we see is a kind of a again, we have this big long shot of the multiverse and we're seeing the like uh, representations of Antoine and, and Steve follow through it and that's like the crystal skull turns to look at Steve and notices like there's a kindred spirit there of something something about death and destruction is of, of joy and so next time we see Steve we see sort of like a kind of like uh, spectral skull kind of merge with his head and his eyes kind of go into a bright fire. I mean it can be a, an allegory for AI and computer learning and the internet as it stands. I mean sure. it's a huge force for um, progress and change and wonder but it's also a huge tool for uh, uh, hate and discrimination and you know these sorts of things as well you know Indeed. any large step forward in technology has you know you, you don't necessarily have a lot of the, prob the wonderful things that we have now if we didn't have the second world war where technology was forced to like you know move certain fields of science forward well well indeed i mean te technology of course is at, in and of itself neutral and can be used for good or evil or even the concepts of good and evil are ones that we evolve over time but no absolutely i mean it, it's um i mean if you look at sort of turing and what they were doing in bletchley house like absolutely. you know with the, with the colossus breaking the enigma code that yeah. you know that's the father of modern computing and obviously indeed that you know you have certain research that was going through in terms of you know new materials and things like that and even looking at quantum and ignoring the philosophy of it but sort sure. of saying these are the things to, to move technology forward because they wanted to blow people up you but know? necessity being the mother of invention I, mean, I think you know uh, times of all sorts of intensity cause you know humans to try and innovate faster and but the side of the effects of that can be good and bad and bad and good and good and bad and it's sort of you know i think it's almost impossible to separate the good and the so, bad so here we have that essentially it seems that the connection to the multiverse has been lost from antoine's side that you have all of the negative aspects of this multiversal technology have merged with steve crystal skull hard hand and and all appears to be lost yeah, I, I, th I think now, like, Steve Hardhand seems to be uh, on the cusp of being able to wrest control of the multiversal, uh, the, what's the word, Te um, teleportation, as it were, the, the ability to move between these things, that, that to actually understand and go with the flow of the multiverse, is becoming something that, now that Steve is taking over with his Luddite uh, mentality of wanting to destroy things. And Antoine, you know, I think we can have sort of a ongoing chase se sequence where it seems like Anton is going to escape and then no Steve manages to c c um, catch him in some sort of like uh, you know weird sort of sub uh, universe that has nothing in it and so Anton is now locked and, and stuck there by himself with the weevils as Steve like laughs maniacally 
yes, the multiverse is mine. Right, well, exactly. And, you know, you can take it over one dimension at a time by using all of the negative resources from all of them. Indeed. Okay, so I think we've got a pretty dark night of the soul there. Uh, do you want to hear what the AI Absolutely. had for their dark yeah. night? Milo is tempted by Leo's offer, but Ruby senses something is wrong. She discovers that Leo is actually a tyrant who rules the city with an iron fist. He plans to use the crystal skull to unleash the crystal's destructive power and destroy the factory town above, which he blames for polluting and exploiting the land. He also intends to enslave Milo and Ruby and use their skills for his own benefit. Ruby tries to warn Milo, but he doesn't believe her. He accuses her of being jealous and selfish, and sides with Leo. Because this is Dark Knight, but he's siding with the villain. Right, oh my goodness. All a bit Wakanda forever at the moment. It's not the first time that they've done done that, which either suggests that Marvel movies may be getting a bit formulaic, or <laughs> or, or that uh, to chat uh, GPT, Bing, uh, AI, uh, all of them sort of tend to like the Marvel movies as well. They're popular, lots of people talk about them. Indeed, indeed. Okay. So our next section is called Getting It Together. Getting It Together. And to define what the, the goal is, that how, how he thinks he may be able to stop. Absolutely. Crystal Skull, Hard Hand Steve. Yes, so we, we've got Antoine is you know trapped in this tiny uh, curved up back universe, but he's there with the weevils. And the weevils are trying to buoy his spirits and say, no, no, we can, we can do it. We can. And he's like, no. We can fix it. We can mend it. Yeah. And but Antoine is like, no, no. How can I escape from this terrible prison? Uh, but they're like, no, no, no. It's all about, you know, the power of imagination, the power of love. You need to open out your heart. You've got to look look within and so they, the weevils encourage him at to, this oh, point on. generally in an animated film this would be where they would burst out into song absolutely so let, let's let's try that let's sort of see how the how the song would go it's like you've got to believe in your heart it's at the centre of your chest but your brain's important too you can win the day if you understand that one and one makes two brains and heart fantastic I, I, I can't sing but that will have you as the, the, <laughs> I, the musical director I, the I, I can't either <laughs> As we just well established. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I, I think what we've got now is that the, the weevils take on a sort of, they all start to look a bit uh, Buddhist, uh, wearing orange robes and sort of like shaving their, um, you know, little fur off the backs of their backs of their heads. And they're, they're saying it's all about meditation. Well, I mean, have, have they tr been transformed by their journey, meditation, and, you know, becoming one with everything? They've been dolphins, they've been yeah. people, they've been lumps of sand, they've been water, they've been... They've yes. been the sky and the earth and the sea. Yes, I mean, I think let, let's have them now as kind of uh, sentient floating goldfish um, with the orange robes. Uh, you know, they're sort of like floating goldfish around. But they're, they're, what they're all about is saying you need to look within. You know, if you can open up your heart chakra, you can be even bigger than the multiverse. So basically, they have been through the multiverse with... Exactly, with Antoine. Uh, with Antoine. Um, but whereas they have given themselves up to the exploration of ideas, he has been locked in conflict. Absolutely. So if you're in a conflict with something, the only guarantee is that both of you are going to lose something. Indeed, indeed. So I think they're, they're asking Antoine to embrace the change um, and to become bigger than his own personal desires and wishes and to understand that the true way to move uh, between worlds is to move your internal perspective. We have a training montage right. of our Shaolin fish weevils. Exactly, absolutely. Um, you know, training him to 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 centre himself oh. and all the rest of it. So, let's explain the the montage for me. How are we going to go from this thing of saying he should open to his mind to him opening his mind and uh, and escaping? Yeah. So we've got a montage sequence where you know the the, the floating uh, goldfish are doing what they can with their limited resources to recreate a series of um, you know. Classic uh, mountain Shaolin tasks. So they're all uh, above him, sort of spouting water on him. So he's sitting under a waterfall with water right. hitting, hitting on his head. Um, they are, you know, holding him out in strange poses. So he's like sort of Jedi-like, balanced on one toe. And obviously down. he he falls down. But we see here in this null universe, outside time and space, it could be a, a, a day, it could be a month, it could be ten thousand years. Absolutely. He unfortunately, so the 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 classic mistake, of course, from Steve Hardhand is that he's put. 
put uh, Antoine in a place where time doesn't really exist. Right. And so now he has like an infinite, an infinitude of time to master the um, internal Vipassana uh, uh, matrix of the soul and become like uh, sort of almost like um, a kind I, of god-like I mean, god figure. I can, I, I can see the t-shirts now. I can see that this is <laughs> the animated movie that kids have been crying out for. Uh, <laughs> Mummy, what is the internal anima of the soul? <laughs> well, obviously, that depends upon the alignment of your chakras. So. There you go, absolutely. Right, absolutely. It opens conversations. I mean, you know, they say we talk down to children. I do not think you're doing that with this animated movie. Oh, no, no. I think we want them to explore every aspect of their soul. He has, he has powered up. He has marshaled his skills. He is still one against a multiverse. Indeed. Indeed. But I, I, I think what the way I visualise it at the moment is that as his heart chakra opens and he connects with his true inner self, which is, I think, as it is for all of us, we are all, you know, incarnations of a giant multiversal spirit, um, that we now see that he, his, he and his heart expand beyond the null uh, universe that he's in and starts expanding, you know, that the, the heart and his, his love uh, expand through all the different multiverses and in, in the different multiverses we see different versions of Steve Hardhand uh, breaking equipment destroying things trying to set back the paths of progress and as Antoine's heart sort of like you know there's sort of like it's almost like a supernova shockwave going out of like little components of love and idea and hope and joy well, maybe that's how he fights right because so that you know we yeah. can sort of see the, the takeover that we can see actually that you know conquest has begun he hasn't sort of started on his own earth yet but maybe you know Steve Hardhand has taken over multiple realities well, well, however why he is going about multiversity and bringing all of these opposing forces in, perhaps the way to counter that is that rather than be the many, you be the one. And so Antoine's view is alignment. Indeed. So rather than bringing in alternate versions of himself to, to conflict, he tries to align so that he becomes, rather than an opposing force of multiplicity he becomes a universal one throughout universes sounds sounds good to me i mean i think yeah I, I sort of see steve at different stages of success in different universes in different incarnations of himself overturning progress bringing things burning back you know but then yeah as uh anton's love again uh, i am sweet. seeing the kids going, mommy what, what is this that i'm i'm watching i mean i like it i'm trying quite hard to envisage what the toys in mcdonald's are gonna be yes there's gonna be the oneness burger yes <laughs> <laughs> the one with everything absolutely all the toppings Okay, well, here we have. We've got it getting it together that he has set himself up as the universal, the chosen one, because Indeed. he has chosen to be the one um, against our multiversal crystal skull-headed Luddite. Um, so, uh, getting it together for the AI. Um, yeah. Ruby manages to escape from Leo's guards and contacts her other friends in the factory town, a fox named Felix, who is a journalist, a bear named Bruno, who is a boxer, and a squirrel named Sally, who is a singer. They decide to form a resistance group and stop Leo's plan. They infiltrate the underground city using Ruby's hoverboard and other gadgets. They find Milo and try to convince him to join them, but he refuses. I mean, it's quite ballsy of the AI to have a protagonist, Milo, that we follow through and that's his dream. And then suddenly it becomes Ruby's journey half the way through. There you go. You know, it's able to turn over established approaches. I also like that it kind of likes like the the heist trope or that you've got to get your team together for getting together. it together because this is the getting it together the section. How a, a boxer, a singer, and a journalist, journalist tie together in this underground crystal powered city ruled by a despotic lion and his now evil um, nephew Milo. Yeah. Which again, you know, Empire Strikes Back style turn there. He's he, he's gone all. Um, uh, dark it's Sith got, on it's us. Got all, it's got all Greek, yes, yes. Uh, so there, there we are. <laughs> that's that's they're getting it together. And now we move to the finale. Finale. Yes. Um, so obviously this is the the big crescendo. This are uh, two opposing forces um, meeting. What that final uh, battle is, um, what we expect to happen, maybe subverted. It may not. Yeah. So well, I, I think what we see see then is played out across multiple different multiverses is. Uh, Steve, you know, with crystal skull motif on each stage, um, 
you know, like in some cases, initially just completely blown away by waves of love, but like there's a sort of, you know, the crystal skull is, is sort of providing... Let's, let, let's, let's you on. know, we've got to handhold the kiddies a little bit here. Sure. So he, he has become one, the universal constant. I don't, don't necessarily know how to explain it. I'm sure Pixar can do a good job, right? Mm. But you've got to set the stage for where the final confrontation will be. Is it that, you know, he discovers outside of time that, um, and, you know, he brings his attentions back town because the next dimension that Steve is going to attack is his home dimension. Well, what I was thinking, I mean, that can be, we can put it on the home thing. I mean, I think the key thing that I wanted to build up is a sort of pattern of, you know, like as Antoine's sort of consciousness of love, you know, sweeps through an individual universe that the initial versions of Steve with the crystal skull are just sort of taken aback and then suddenly they're transformed. But that, 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 but having a pattern of that, we start to see that uh, Steve and the crystal skull are now, they're getting ahead. They're realizing that this is happening across the different universes and they're starting to plot about how they can hide and, and uh, protect themselves from the love. Again, animated future. How would this go in a song? Um, I want to hide myself from love. Yeah, I want to eat everybody's hearts. I want to take their brains and bash them in because I'm not very nice. That sounds perfect to right, me. There we yeah, go. There we so, go. so that's that's established that he he wants to destroy. I guess in a way that he uh, he also wants to be the one, but through destruction rather than creation. We have our yin and we have our well, yeah, yang. Yang, yes, in, indeed. And I, and I think so. Ultimately, what we have is, uh, you know, so we say, bring it back to the home dimension and the factory, you know, where it all began. The Luddites are outside and shake, shaking the uh, shaking the foundations of the different factories, trying to trying to bring them down. Now, with a, an armored Steve, the, there is like a now ferrous tendrils on the crystal skulls it's getting bigger and stronger whatever and he's become more demonic the skull has sort of taken over his body demonic and, and then sort of we have coming we have the, this is where we get the action figure this is our skeletal absolutely and then so Antoine you know in, in now in this sort of like large floating Buddha in the lotus position with the um, with the different goldfish floating around him come together and the two of them like crash together above the factories that I know are who to we're burn. supposed to root for but I know which action figure I'm getting out of those two <laughs> but they come together and now we're flipped in a sort of flashback to uh, earlier days and we see both Steve and Antoine you know sort of scrubbing in the uh, the dirt as, as urchins and going to the you know they don't have school properly but they have sort of a, a Sunday school maybe the reason that they really hate each other is that they're brothers there we go it turns out that they're, <laughs> that they're brothers and actually um, you know they had made a pact together that they would open a cafe together but uh, Antoine had sort of forgotten Steve's love and so it, it, like the, the, the twist is it turns out that they're, they're brothers and that, all, that what it ultimately takes um, you know, and Steve was the younger brother, and Anton always seemed to ignore him. And uh, Anton breaks down and says, "But no, you were always my hero. You were my hero." <laughs> and finally, Steve opens up to love. Okay, so where we have that, we we figured that there would be a big epic fight and destruction. Mm. Perhaps we have the yin and the yang. We have integration. Indeed, but indeed. we, you know, that we have, even though we have destructive forces, you cannot build until you have destroyed the old, or all of these these kinds of things. Yeah. Maybe they merge into one being. Maybe they become Antweave. Antweave, indeed. Or uh, Stanton. Indeed, they become a new uh, universal, multiversal force for guiding love, and you, we now see. You know, it, like, and as the uh, integration of the two of them ripples out through the different multiverses, we see that the bigger picture of the crystal uh, skull now becomes a kind of a giant lotus flower. Or, or you know, that or that you have the the crystal skull, but with the merging, the flesh grows on the crystal skull uh, yep. to the to the face yeah. of, of a Buddha. Yes, whatever. there you go. The lotus flowers come in and uh, f- fill in the, to the face of the Buddha. Sounds but but, but for, for the kid, super Buddha. You know, yeah, like, super Buddha. With, absolutely. With, you know, glowing animated super suit and all of the rest Absolutely. Of it. <laughs> the noble tenfold path, you know, is uh, is a hard sell. Uh, but if you have it as the special weapon on the action figure box... Absolutely. There we are. <laughs> so do you want to hear what the... Uh, yeah, the totally. ...for the AI? Leo activates the crystal skull and unleashes a powerful beam of energy that starts to crack the ground above. The factory town begins to collapse and panic ensues. Milo realizes his mistake and decides to help his friends. He apologizes to Ruby and tells her he loves her. 
they join forces with Felix, Bruno, and Sally, and fight their way to the Crystal Chamber. They confront Leo, who reveals that he is not really Milo's uncle, but an imposter who killed Milo's grandfather and stole his identity. He also reveals that he is not an animal, but a human in disguise. <laughs> okay. I mean, Twisty McTwisterson. He hates animals and wants to wipe them out. He tries to kill Milo and his friends with the crystal skull, but they manage to dodge his attacks and destroy the skull. The crystal loses its power and explodes, causing the underground city to collapse. Obviously, we've asked it to write an action movie. Hmm. In previous ones, it has destroyed the continent of Atlantis. It, it seems to kind of like brush past genocide quite right. a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that, is that a sign of Twitter? Is that, you know, one of these things where you're reading into it, Zid, and thinking, okay, you know, the, the, the wanton destruction of civilization to progress the plot forward is a... You know, I mean, this is... It's interesting that you, you mentioned Twitter a couple of times. I'm not sure if necessarily Twitter was in the training data for GBT4, but certainly I think lo- lots of Reddit and other things from the web were. Right, yeah. I mean, it, may, it may well be that it'd be Twitter. But it, well, it, I know that Elon Musk limited the access to right. Twitter to the OpenAI model because right. he was giving it into free when they were a non-profit, which right. assumes right. that there was a certain at, at least amount some, of Twitter. Some, some, at some point, although, yeah, again, you know, how much was being used in the left. But, but oh, no, way, no, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. it's entirely limited to Twitter, but in no, terms no, 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 of no. generation of real-time text, which it's the language model that is realistic, I, certainly Twitter has to be a component of it, I feel. Uh, it, I mean, it seems to me entirely plausible that it is, but it's also, it's also plausible that it isn't, because even if you remove Twitter, there's still an extraordinary amount of text available. But, either, but I think, you know, certainly... When we're sort of, I mean, what's interesting about its ability to generate these kinds of plots is it gives you, you know, reinforces the idea that there is, that there are patterns, that there are higher order patterns. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, what these large language models are doing is they're they're looking at higher order statistics over huge volumes of uh, of text data. Rather than a reflection of an underlying consciousness of the AI, it's actually a sobering wake-up call because it's just mirroring the genocidal (laughs) tendencies within the humanities game, the language. Absolutely. I I think that will reflect that we see a lot of those kind of tropes of destruction in action films. Right. And I don't think that it tells us anything about what the AI consciousness is. I would ask if you do feel how far we are away from the singularity. Maybe I'll, I'll save that for later. I mean, it might tie into the finale because we, yes. we, we are about integration oh, yes. of, the, of, of the, the positive, the negative, the yin, the yang, the destructive and the, uh, and the building, love and hate being flip sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your final image? Final image. Well, I think the, the, the final image is that we have, um, you know, as we said, there's this big transformation of the multiverse with the integrated thing, and we see amongst the many other possibilities, we see one, one universe where Antoine is running a cafe with the weevils at his side. And uh, is, is this is this a multiverse where it's Antoine, or is this our, our merged person? Is this uh, no? I think this is, is this Stantoine. I, I think this is now we're seeing that the the Stantoine, that the merged thing, is sort of like the beatific presence over everywhere. But within that, but, so within the merging, has it has it healed the previous dimensions? Yeah. because it was outside time. The the events that yeah, led the, up to this multiversal destruction are now yeah. Reset. So I mean, universes that you know maybe made of play doh or you know in, you know all of water, which we'd see before undergoing some trauma we now see healed and then in in amongst that montage we also see one universe where Anton as, as he was at the beginning of the universe with the weevils running a cafe and we see uh, Steve in another universe um, you know working at uh, looms in a, in a much more enlightened environment but we could, people we could are have doing it, their hand labour we could have it even simpler if you want to because the idea of the final image is it sort of kind of repeats where we were back at the beginning right right we have that we've had this universal reset yes and um, you could have that where you re- replay the earlier scene where yeah. he's sort of saying Anthony and it goes it's Antoine yes and then he sort of says Okay. Yeah. Antoine. We've been fighting for too long. We saved together some money. I think we should set up that cafe together. Excellent. Because, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's good. there. It's a little bit, but, you know, it is that yeah, progression. Yeah, yeah. It shows no, no. Their, their growth. I think I think that we, we that they have resolved their differences and uh, are looking to their dreams. I think that's great. Yeah, so there we are. You know, so we have this big cosmic thing, but actually the, 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 the smaller the realisation uh, of kindness to and others. See. That's our final image. You want to hear the final image for the AI? Oh, yes, yes. 
Milo and his friends manage to escape from the rubble and return to the surface. They see that the factory town has been partially destroyed, but also partially transformed by the crystal's energy. Some buildings have been turned into trees, flowers, or fountains. Some machines have been turned into animals or toys. Some people have been turned into animals or vice versa. The town is now a colorful and chaotic mix of nature and technology, where everyone lives together in peace and harmony. Milo hugs Ruby and kisses her. He says that he has found his true home. Fantastic. I mean, the themes of, of integration, I mean, are, are, are not necessarily that dissimilar. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was it was a good story from the AI. One thing I would I would just, I didn't quite follow. Was there something about, so we, it switched to Ruby. Was there something that, what was Milo apologizing for? Was there something, had Milo gone off on some other different path? Milo or, had sided with Leo. Oh, it was Milo. His, sided. his grandfather, uncle, uncle right. human in a suit. Right, there we go. And it was up to the, then, then the protagonist focus switched to Ruby. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah good show. Um, right, so uh, there's only uh, a couple of things that remain. Um, I have the uh, title that the AI has come up with, okay. and I have a tagline that they have come, come up okay, with. Right. I will share that with you, and then um, I, I will ask for you to, to, to think of something I can, I can help you around, but we've got to think of a title and a tagline for your movie. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, first of all, given what you know of the AI, do you have any predictions for what you think um, that may have uh, come up with for the, t- as the, the title? The title of the movie, uh, for it was. What did we have in the different sort of themes all the way through? It was. Um, again, I, again, how about industrial evolution as the title? I mean, no. Okay. It's simpler than that. It's called Crystal Skulls. Okay. All right. Although there was only one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think maybe you've, you've lucked into the title of, of this movie. Uh, do what, the title that I would give to the one that we've created together? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like, I, I think I might call it Round and Round the Multiverse. Yeah, I mean, that's more of a, a kiddie thing, but I quite like Industrial Evolution. Oh, industrial Evolution, yeah, yeah, we could take Cause that. Because they worked hard at it. Yes, I mean, sir. or you, we can have that as the tagline. The tagline for the AI was a mouse-tastic adventure that yeah. will rock your world. Oh, there you go. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, so th- we have, um, what was the, the title again? So I think it was, we, we could call it um, Industrial Evolution Round and Round the Multiverse. There you go. I think that's absolutely great. Well, nice one. Good um, fun. <coughs> Make me a coffee with everything was uh, <laughs> was uh, was going to be my pitch, but yeah. no, it will be industrial evolution versus crystal skulls. There we go. Um, so that's uh, the end of the podcast. Now is the time if you would like to tell people uh, what you're doing and where they can find you. Uh, this is where. Yeah, well, also, well, you know, to follow my comedy, um, you can go to comedy.neurogrid.com. Uh, follow me at tansaku t a n s a k u on Instagram. Uh, to get that, I do come bundle with a fantastic drinks offer. If you follow me on Instagram and see two of my comedy shows, I'll buy you a drink. Yeah, you know, can't say fairer than that. Um, also, we're just starting up a, a new Sunset Comedy Club in uh, Harrow, uh, in the Junction. Uh, so Sunset Comedy Club on Facebook and all good social media outlets. Uh, yeah, that's uh, we're really excited about starting that up. Um, punchlinepartners.com slash sign underscore up um, to get further... Uh, private uh, beta access to our um, uh, sort of comedic writer support AI system if you'd like to get Ooh. early access to that uh, yeah I think that's all my all my main things yeah it's uh, it's. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me I must say you know at some level I do think we've had the singularity several times over but the question <laughs> becomes how soon will the singularity come in this universe and I think the answer is pretty soon really Oh, well, as you can say, it may have already happened. Uh, indeed. Um, if you uh, want to try and catch a comedy show before the singularity makes its presence even more known, you can uh, come to the Comedy Cat in uh, Ealing every Saturday. Uh, links in the description. See you next time.